nurse, come home, oh, hasten to obey, for I'm in the glory land way. You know that I'm in the glory land, glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is narrow and the way grow it clear for I'm in the glory land way. You know that I'm in the glory land, glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Our heaven is narrow and the way grow it clear for I'm in the glory land way. You know that I'm in the glory land, glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Our heaven is narrow and the way grow it clear for I'm in the glory land way. Uh, onward I go rejoicing in his love. I'm in the glory land way. Uh, soon I shall see him in that home above. Oh, I'm in the glory land way. You know that I'm in the glory land, glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Our heaven is narrow and the way go it clear of war. I'm in the glory land way. You know that I'm in the glory land, glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is narrow and the way grow it clear of war. I'm in the glory land way. You know that I'm in the glory land, glory land way. I'm in the glory land way. Heaven is narrow and the way grow it clear of war. I'm in the glory land way. Church Nelson. I know that my Redeemer lives. If all fine, let us sing together. I know that my Redeemer lives and ever prays for me. I know eternal life he gives from sin and sorrow free. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know eternal life he gives. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know my redeemer on the ring. I know eternal life he gives to him and sorrow free. I know, I know that my redeemer lives. I know, I know eternal life he gives. 
should wholly be in word and thought in thee. Then I his holy face may see when from this earth lies free. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know eternal life he gives. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that unto sinful men is saving grace is nigh. I know that he will come again to take me home on high. I know, I my Redeemer lives. I know, I know, eternal life he gives. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that over yonder stand a place prepared for me. A home, a house not made with hands, not wonderful to see. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know eternal life he, he gives. I know, I know that my Redeemer Church, let us know pages 650. Send the light, page 650. <clears throat> if I'll find, let us sing together. There's a call come ringing on the restless way. Send the light, send the light. There are souls to rescue, there are souls to save. Send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore. Have heard the Macedonia call today. Send the light, send the light, send the light, and a golden offering at the cross we lay. Send the light, send the light, I send the light, the blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. I send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us pray that grace may ever work abound. Send the light, send the light, and a Christ-like spirit everywhere be found. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. I send the light, 
the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather jurors for a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. Church, let us know page 745. After our next song selection, we have scripture reading and prayer. 745, humble yourself. <clears throat> Paul found that sing together. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. He's saying, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. And he will Son of God, we're singing Jesus is the Son of God, and he, he died for us, and, and he, he died for us, amazing grace, how sweet the How sweet the sound that say a rich like me that that say a rich like me when we've been there ten thousand years when we've been there ten thousand years. Bright shining as the sun, bright, bright shining as the sun. So why don't you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord? Uh, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. That's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. And it reads as follows. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example 
that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was gal found in his mouth? Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again? When he suffered, he threatened not. He committed himself to him that judges righteously. Who his, who his own self bear our sin in our own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our soul. May God continue blessing the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his word. Let us bow and go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven, Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth, with thanksgiving in our heart, thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our health and our strength and clothed in our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to witness you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for all the prayers that you have answered in the past. And we pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue answering them in the future. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for bringing us out of darkness and placing us into your marvelous light. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us a place to come for which is you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the one that are present, and we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and was buried, and rose again on the third day, according to the scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church that we are a member of. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for blessing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, and financial means. We pray, Heavenly Father, for each and every member here at Inglewood Church of Christ and their families and friends. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing us with the things you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut in. Just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down and bless them with the thing you know they stand in need of, according to your will. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the churches that's having difficulty at this time. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless them according to your will. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's traveling, or will be traveling. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray for the bereaved families all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen those families in the way, Heavenly Father, that you only know how. And Heavenly Father, when we think, say, or do anything contrary to your word, 
and pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We also pray, Heavenly Father, that you will continue strengthening us where we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And Heavenly Father, we pray that your will will be done here on earth. And we pray, Heavenly Father, we will continue loving each other more and more each day. And we pray, Heavenly Father, we will be a better Christian today than we were yesterday. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper, that he come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we will listen to words, we will listen towards eternity, because these will be eternal matters he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, Heavenly Father, but also doers of your word. And the things we learn, we pray, Heavenly Father, we'll go and teach and tell others what they must do to be saved. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the countries, Israel, that's having wars and Thing. We pray for those people. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will look down and bless them with the thing you know they stand in need of according to your will. And we also pray, Heavenly Father, that this worship service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey and said our last prayer, taking our last breath. We just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I want to ask you to place your markers at pages 903 for the Song of Invitation. Pages 903 for the Song of Invitation. And our next song selection, let us know, pages 895. Our Living Glory, pages 895. <clears throat> Paul, fine, let us sing together. Sing together. I'd like to stay here longer than man allotted day and watch the fleeting changes of life uneven way. But if my Savior calls me to that sweet home on high, I'll live with him forever in glory by and by. Oh, yes, I live in glory. I live in glory by and by. I tell and sing love stories there, there on high, there with my dear reading, there be no more to die. Oh, yes, I live in glory, glory by and by. Oh, yes, I live in glory, I live in glory by and by. I tell and sing love stories there, there on high. There with my dear reading, there'll be no more to die. Oh, yes, I live in glory, glory, by and by. 
want to be a service along this pilgrim way and lead the lost to Jesus. That's fervently I pray as day by day I travel. I'll keep him ever nigh and live with him forever in glory by and by. Oh, yes, I live in glory. I live in glory by and by. I tell and sing the story there, there on high. There with my dear reading, there be no more to die. Oh, yes, I live in glory, glory by and by. Oh, yes, I live in glory, I live in glory by and by. I sing, sing love stories there, there on high. There with my dear reading, there be no more to die. Oh, yes, I live in glory, glory by and by. The end I know is nearing, by faith I look away to yonder homes of Nano, the land of endless day. I cling to him forever and look beyond the sky and live with him forever in Glory by and by, oh yes, I live in glory, I live in glory by and by, I tell and sing love story there, there on high, there with my dear reading, there'll be no more to die, oh yes, I live in glory, glory by and by, oh Yes, I live in glory, I live in glory by and by. I tell and sing the stories there, there on high. There with my dear redeemed, there'll be no more to die. Oh, yes, I live in glory, glory by and by. Church, let us know pages 19 and I will Sacred Selection Songbooks. <clears throat> Not made with hands. Pages 19, Sacred Selection Songbooks. Paul, find that sing together. <clears throat> Christ went a building to prepare. Not made. With hand and till be decked with jewels where not may not may with hand. I know, I know I have another building. I know, I know it's not made with hand. Put on your armor of your God, not made with hand, and take the path the captains try, not made with hand. I know, I know, I have another building, I know, I know, it's not made with hand. Chill of fate. 
the Father for not made with hand until you hear the trumpet blow not made with hand I know I know I have another building I know I know it's not made with hand then come up Children, get your crown not made with hand. When you have laid your burdens down, not made with hand. I know, I know, I have another building. I know, I know, it's not made with hand. I know. I know I have another building. I know, I know it's not made with hands. Church, let us know pages 852. When the roll is called up yonder, Pages 852. We'll all find us sing together. <clears throat> when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the Sadafer shall gather over in the other shore, and the roll is called upon I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder. I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder. I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there on that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise. And the glory of his resurrection share. When his ones shall gather to the home beyond the sky. And the roll is called yonder, I'll be there. When the roll, when the roll is called yonder, I'll be there. When the roll, when the roll is called yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called yonder. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll, when the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll, I'll be there. Yonder I'll be there when the roll, when the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder I'll be there when the roll is called up yonder when the roll. 
Christians, and that is the role that is called of yonder. Now, I know that the poets who wrote the song, who put all the lyrics together, have more lofty words to use to encourage us to sing it, but John made it very simple in the book of Revelations. He didn't mince words. He uh, wasn't, if you will, about poetry and, and, and sophistry, uh, but John made it very clear. John said when he was in heaven being revealed the things that he could see that he could not talk about on the earth, but that God would reveal through his inspiration of the writing of the book of uh, Revelations, the book of the last things. We call it the book of eschatology. John said he saw a book and another book was open. And John said that those whose names were written in the book of life were the ones who made it into heaven's glory. Uh, and so the song may talk about when the roll is called up yonder, John says, I saw a book, amen. Uh, and those whose names were written in the book were written in the Lamb's book of life. And the other book that was open was the word of God. And they were being judged out of thing, out of, uh, uh, if you will, by the things that were written in the book. That brings us back to our lesson, our theme that we've been unfolding for this, these past few sermons. We've been talking about being at the foot of the cross. We've been talking about being and standing, if you will, at the judgment bar of God. Uh, we know, if you will, that one day this life will be all over. Hebrews 9 and 27 makes it very clear uh, that it's pointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. Sometimes we're focused on the judgment, we're focused on death, and we're focused on it so much that we miss all the in-between. What's significant is about how we have lived our lives. Uh, and that is the purpose of these series of sermons, is about how we are living our lives. Are we preparing for the end of life? Amen. Uh, we're preparing for the things, if you will, that will come after all of this. Uh, we recognize that this once again gets us into the bifurcation of our sermons. We've been talking about that which was on the material side, the flesh, the carnal mind. Amen. We've been talking about those things which are, uh, if you will, of, the, uh, of sin, the material things. And we've been talking about those things which are spiritual. We've been talking about the church. Amen. We've been talking about the word of God. Uh, one day entering into heaven's glory. All these things are on the spiritual side of life. And so we're now in that conversation where if, if being members of the church, being of the body of Christ, being Christians, living as Christians, that we're living a spiritual life. Paul says it best. Uh, amen. Paul said that it was, it, was, it was more easy for him to be with them, that is, in their presence, but it was much more beneficial for him to be with God. In other words, Paul wrestled it with, it, with, with and recognized that when we are in the flesh, there are struggles that we have to deal with, amen. Uh, uh, and being on this time side of life, we will always struggle. There, every day is a struggle. Uh, it's a new day, if you will, to continue to uh, strive uh, to inform our spirit so that our spirit may overcome the weaknesses, if you will, the calamities that lead our flesh into sin. Uh, but Paul says that every day, if you will, is a struggle. But nevertheless, Paul made it very clear that not, not that he had obtained perfection, 
But this one thing he said he did. He continued to press forward toward the high calling of the high, uh, the, that the high calling of the prize, which is in Christ Jesus. He made it very clear that he continued to press forward. And that helps us to understand that no matter what struggles we're going through, because there will be struggles, amen. Uh, there will be challenges of life. Uh, Solomon, the wisest man that lived upon the face of the earth, saved Jesus himself, made it very clear to everything there is a season. So there will be challenges. There will be struggles. Ecclesiastes is not written just because of the poetry, but it's written because it wanted us to understand that life is not always easy. Uh, and there will be challenges of life. But nevertheless, there is the strength of God that helps us to overcome them. And that is the responsibility and the role of the spirit. The spirit, if you will, that is given to us through our obedience to the gospel. Not given to us from a, from a sensory perception where we are, if you will, uh, uh, used to uh, uh, this idea of having some miraculous indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But simply understanding that it is through God's will that his spirit is with our spirit to make testimony, to witness our lives. And sometimes we, 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 we seem to read this word as if it's uh, just, if you will, focused on the fleshly side of things. But remember, that was the Old Testament. The Old Testament was focused on, if you will, what we physically did. Amen. In other words, when you look at the Old Testament, you recognize that, that it, was, it was not even based on what they actually thought or believed, but the fact that they did it, which was, uh, if you will, able to keep them moving forward. And, and Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 9 helps us to understand that that is the very issue that, uh, that Paul brought up to the church at Rome when he said they sought it not by faith, but they simply did it because it was acts of uh, of, 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 of penitence, if you will, the acts of devotion, the acts of worship. And so they did these things. And so by them doing that, the sacrifices of animals, giving the various uh, uh, sacrifices unto God, these things were done by acts, but they were, uh, God was, if you will, preparing them to become more than just doing it by acts, but it was to become part of their spirit where they were doing it because of faith. They were doing it because of grace. They were doing it because of mercy. They were doing it because of long-suffering. They were doing it because they believed the truth. They believed in God. And so God says that is what he was focused on. But their challenge was they, they kept struggling because they never got to the point where it was truly a part of who they were in their spirit. But in the New Testament text, it's not about, if you will, the acts that we do. Those things should not be left undone. Amen. But it's not about the acts that we do. Let me be a little bit more uh, direct here. When we look at the idea of worship in the Old Testament, and we're on the material side again. Remember, we're talking about the tabernacle, the temple, the ark, and all these other things, which were based on covenants that God wrote, and they would have to obey these things based on what God said. And it wasn't really whether or not they believed it, but the fact that they did it. And that was where God was with them. Bringing them unto Christ. As Galatians chapter 3 would say, the law was a schoolmaster bringing us unto Christ. You all know that, that analogy. Amen. When we went into grade school, we didn't know about all these things, mathematics and reading and all this other kind of stuff. But our teacher came before us and started showing us our alphabet and all that. We didn't understand what vowels and verbs and, and pronouns and all this stuff. We, we, we were there, but we really didn't understand it until we were what? We were, we, we were developed to begin to understand the significance of how to stay understand the English language, which began to understand the sight and the visibility of letters. And so we eventually got there where the law was the same thing. 
It was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ. It was dealing with our physical side that we would eventually, if you will, get to the understanding that it wasn't about the physical. It would eventually become all about the spiritual side. And that's why even the church itself, if you haven't recognized it yet, perhaps you'll recognize it now. Even the church itself stopped being something that was physical. Oh, Lord, have mercy. The ark was a place that Noah and the others entered into. The tabernacle was a tent that they ushered around and moved around as God would have the cloud to move, uh, if you will, by day and the pillar of fire by night. The temple became the physical structure that was in Jerusalem that they would go and to worship in. But now the church, you can go anywhere and be everywhere. As long as you're together, you can worship God. The church became about where the spirits of God came together. That's why it says, well, two or three are gathered together in my name. And I love the way that people say, well, when two people are gathered together in his name, if your spirits are right, you see, we forget about the other. Just two people being in the same place don't mean that the church is there. Woo, I think I said something. Amen. Are your spirits right with God? Amen. It's not just about being someplace together. You can, we get, but the wonderful na nature of it is, is that it's not about a building or a structure. It's about where our spirits are. First Corinthians chapter 12 helps us to understand that we are, ye are, the body of Christ, members in particular. And that's the blessing of it all. It became spiritual. Remember what Jesus says to the woman at the well in John chapter 4. He says, neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem shall men worship God. Because God is a spirit, and he seeketh those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. But he says true worshipers, and true worshipers understood that God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You see, it ain't about physically being in the same place, in the same location, and saying, oh, we are the church. Are your spirits together in that place? Are they aligned and reconciled with God? That is what makes that place a place of worship. Amen. And that, 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 Lord have mercy, I'm trying to hold back some stuff here, but maybe I just need to let it go. Amen. Amen. I feel like Jeremiah this morning it was burning in my bones. Amen. Amen. We get so caught up in the structures that we miss the point. Amen. Oh, I go to this place because the building is so beautiful and the lights are so glaring and everything. They got stained glass windows and everything. Well, so What? the significance of our spiritual relationship with God, whereby we call him Abba Father. Amen. Amen. God says when you get to a point where he can adopt you, Lord have mercy, where your spirit can be adopted. We're in Romans chapter 8 before I get to 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me make a connection to Romans chapter 8. Remember we read in Romans chapter 8, we were talking about how we became, if you will, children of God. And we became children of God because God knew us not based on our flesh, amen, but he knew us because of our spirit. Amen. He knew us because we had, we had desired to change our hearts and our minds to become as Christ. And that's why when you look at Philippians chapter 2 and, 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 and Paul writes to the churches at Philippi or church at Philippi, he says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. 
but took on the form of a man, took on flesh. But yet the mind that was in Christ Jesus was even though he was in the flesh, he would still serve God with his spirit. And so when, when he gets down to the, bond, the, part, the latter part of that text and he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It's about when your spirit recognizes that it needs God in its life. Amen. And when it understands God, when it begins to even have an inkling of who God is and the magnificence of God and the awesomeness of God. That that spirit now says, you know what, I need the Lord in my life and so I'm going to strive to have the mind of Christ. I'm going to know and recognize I am in the flesh. And there are weaknesses and challenges in the flesh. But being that I'm in the flesh and there are weaknesses and challenges in the flesh, I know that the flesh has its own law, Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1. But I also know that there's a law of the spirit. And that law of the spirit is based on the law of God, John 16, 13. And I know that having the law of the spirit in my life strengthens my own spirit. Amen. And so when Jesus says, God says, the spirit says, through Romans chapter 8, that the spirit maketh testimony with our spirit that we are children of God. Notice that there are two things that are necessary. Because it's not only about the Holy Spirit giving testimony. But when the spirit gives testimony, there must be something to testify to. Oh, Lord, have mercy. In other words, you have responsibility and you are just as accountable, amen, for the life that you live. You just can't lay it all on the Holy Spirit. A lot of people want to get to this, even in the false idea of the miraculous, where they say the Spirit has overtaken me and so now I'm going to be saved because of what the Spirit does. That, that, that's false doctrine. The spirit maketh testimony like any natural witness would make a testimony in court of something that they saw, something that they observed. Lord have mercy. Notice something here, something they saw, something they observed, not something that they created. Lord have mercy. They were witnesses of the act, not in the act itself. Lord have mercy. I saw the car. The spirit looks at our spiritual lives and it makes testimony concerning what our spirit desired to do. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm thanking God for that. Because, see, Paul let us know the significance of that relationship between the struggle of the law of the flesh and the law of his spirit, of our spirit. And Paul made it very clear in Romans chapter 7. He made it clear, and I'm trying to make it clear to you, because sometimes I think we put too much pressure on ourselves, and then we put ourselves in a worse condition than we were before we got baptized. You get in the water and don't think that you can be saved, then what you get in the water for? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Brother Cole, you know, I'm still struggling with the same stuff I was struggling with before I went down in the water. And what? And what? 
all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is supposed to remove all of your urges and all of your issues like the world wants us to believe. You know, but Kobe, you know, I went down in the water broke and I came up broke. Why am I not rich like everybody else? based on the word of God, and they died broke. So what was their problem? As a matter of fact, if we quote the master teacher, Jesus says, the poor you have with you always, somebody going to die broke. I'm just trying to help us. Because you don't define rich and wealth based on how God defines riches and wealth. You see. And as I said last time, and I'll say it again for connection's sake, when we talked about the rich man and Lazarus, everybody looked at Lazarus who had the sores and at the rich man's gate and, 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 and the dogs came and licked his wounds and the rich man died and, and Lazarus also died and Lazarus went into the bosom of Abraham, the place called Beautiful. The rich man went into Tartarus hell waiting for judgment and all of these. And we look at that story and we say, well, Lazarus died broke, but yet he went to the bosom of Abraham. Exactly. I'm going to ask you the question. Who was really rich? <laughs> who was really rich? as well. Because when the rich man died, amen, and he called him the rich man intentionally, the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything by happenstance. He's letting you know you got to define what is well. Because he's getting us to recognize your spiritual life is more valuable than anything you could ever possess upon the face of this earth. Anything you can possess upon the face of this earth. And so we get back to Romans chapter 8 and he says, look, there's these laws that, that we have to understand. We have to become uh, uh, very uh, 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 sensitive to how they impact our lives. And so when we impact our lives, we need to one day understand that my relationship upon the face of the earth is secondary to my relationship with God. Because look at the intent. The intent is as I obey the gospel, as I obey the word of God, the spirit of God, it informs my spirit and my spirit becomes stronger so that when the spirit gives testimony or the spirit gives witness the spirit is giving testimony and witness to what the intent of my spirit is Amen. now it may come up short in application and implementation oh lord thou mystic you missed it you see if it's based on the physical we all in trouble because my heart may want to do something but my body is still too strong with my flesh my intent is to do right because my spirit wants to do right are y'all with me the testimony that the spirit is working with is not the testimony of what the end product is 
It's what the Spirit wants to do. We are struggling with life. And we want to do that which is right. And by the word of God continuing to infuse our spirit and informing our spirit of what is wrong and what is right, what is good and what is evil, what is life and what is death. And as it continues to inform us and we as newborn babes, as Peter said, desire the sincere milk of the word and we continue to grow thereby, we'll get to the point where those things in our flesh that used to overcome us and cause us to walk out of the way is brought into subjection. You'll get to that point, but do like Paul says, not that I've obtained perfection but this one thing I do I press forward I press forward if you don't do that you're going to let yourself be overcome with the fact that you are not perfect oh Lord have mercy the only person that lived that was perfect is Jesus and that's why we look unto him the author and the finisher of our faith we have a goal. We have, we have Jesus out here. And he is what we are striving to have the mind of. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Who, 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 who in his own flesh. In his own flesh. Needed the support of the Holy Spirit. To help him make it through to the cross. That's Hebrews. I don't have time to go back there right now. But we find that the Spirit does the same for us. Because as we obey the gospel and we take on the word of God, the Ephesian text helps us to understand. When it says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, Piercing even to the dividing of the son to the soul, the, the, the soul and the spirit and the bone and the marrow. It is a discerner. You see, I'm coming back to that text. It is a discerner of the very thoughts and intents of the heart. God knows. That's why I don't care what y'all think about me. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean no harm. Because we too judgmental. Amen. In our humanity, we want to judge, we want to compare one another. Amen. Amen. You know, see, I, my focus is to please the Lord. Amen. Amen. I love you, but my focus is to please God. I've got to please, and look, because, because, look, when I'm striving to please God, it, it, I don't know where you are in your spiritual life. Amen. You may still be dealing with jealousy, covetousness. Amen. You remember last time I said, if you step to me, you might trigger me. You remember that? You see, but, 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 but you might still be dealing with stuff in your life and growing to a spiritual level where you are, where you are dealing with judgmentalism. But, 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 but my objective is not to be judged by you. My objective is to be judged by God. You follow what I'm saying? And so when I'm coming into contact with you and I'm coming in contact in with others who are still, if you will, influenced by the, the, by the issues of Satan, amen, my focus is how do I allow my spirit to do that which is in agreement with God as opposed to letting my flesh get the best of me? Because I know, as Paul says, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Amen. It is my spirit that I'm focused on. 
It is my spirit that I'm focused on. And, 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 and when I'm focused on my spirit, I'm focused on my spirit because, look, if, 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 if I don't focus on my spirit and I focus on my flesh, you see, I'm, 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 I'm going somewhere with this. Galatians chapter 5, bear the fruit of the spirit. When, we, <clears throat> when you're focused on your flesh and you're being attacked by Satan, what you want to do is you want to, re- it's a natural human response to reciprocate from the flesh. Are y'all with me? You see, that's what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to yield to that which is also wicked. The devil don't mind you coming back with wickedness. He's already wicked. He's taking you out of where you need to be. That's why God says, don't recompense evil with evil. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Y'all knew there was scripture, right? Recompense evil with what? With good. Wait a minute. You mean this, these poker, they, they triggering me though, they triggering me. But you can't let your flesh overcome good. You have to let good be demonstrated. And that's where the struggle is. Because see, good comes from our spirit. That's been informed by the word of God. And the intents of our heart is, I want to do that which is good. And, and when I'm trying to do that which is good, I realize that there are some weaknesses of my flesh. But yet, if I recognize that there are weaknesses of my flesh and I understand them, then I'm able to deal with them. You see, a lot of folks don't want to obey the gospel because they don't want to deal with what they said. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say it. You don't want to obey the gospel because you don't want to deal with your sin. You know, the first thing that one of the most difficult things you can do is admit that you're in sin. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a good person. Well, that's that's fine. It's all right to be delusional in your own mind, but that don't change the Lord's mind. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? I, and, well, brother, how can you say such a thing? Because Romans three twenty three is written: All have sin. Don't be walking up to me talking about how good you are. and falling short of the glory of God. Amen. The difference is, is that when the gospel was preached in our lives, that sinful man said, you know what? I need to change my life. That old man was saying, no, you don't need to go up there. You don't need that gospel. We two have too much fun in the club. Matter of fact, it's club night tonight. <laughs> that old man is talking to you, and you're sitting there saying, how can I put this old man to death? Remember last Sunday, the Bible says you need to mortify, put to death the deeds of the body. In order to mortify the deeds of the body, to mortify, if you will, that old man, put him to death, you're going to have to have something stronger than that old man. And what's stronger than the old man is the word of God. Amen. Because Romans says that the body has its law, the flesh has its law, and the spirit has its law. Law is where the strength is. And the law of the spirit, 
The word of God is stronger than anything upon the face of the earth. And if you're willing to give it a chance, if you put your hope in Christ, God says, I can change you. I can help you put that old man to death. And you can arise to walk in the newness of life. The old man has been crucified with Christ. And the new man arise to walk in the newness of life. And when that old man, if you will, is put to death and the new man arises to walk in the newness of life, it means that that, 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 that man that comes up out of the watery grave of baptism is now focused on the spirit shaping and molding its life as it moves forward. And that's why Paul says, not that I've obtained perfection. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Paul. What do you, what do you mean not that you've obtained perfection? But you were baptized, you see. But you were baptized. How can you say not that I've obtained perfection? But you were baptized. How can you say you haven't obtained perfection? You have the miraculous indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But you haven't obtained perfection. You follow what I'm saying? Are y'all with me? The Holy Spirit isn't here to try to, if you will, uh, 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 glaze over the life that you choose to live. It's not what the Holy Spirit is here for. You got a choice to make. You can live righteous unto God or you can choose not to. We're irrespective of whether or not you've gone through the water and grave of baptism. You are still accountable for the things that you do in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Remember, judgment begins first at the house of God. And if it first begins at us, then where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? So whether or not they obey the gospel, whether or not an individual obeys the gospel, God is still going to judge you by what's written in the book. Lord have mercy. When you obey the gospel, you now have a chance to be saved. Because it is expected and it is presumed that you obey the gospel so that you can change your mind and change your life. To give you the strength to do what Romans chapter 12 says. Present your bodies. As a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, rational, logical service. Paul says in Romans chapter 7, as he helps us to contemplate the understanding of what happens with Romans chapter 8. He says it at the latter part of Romans chapter 7, and I'm going to start at verse number 17. There's a lot in here, but I, 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 will, I, will, I will start here just so that uh, 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 we won't be too long here. I recommend and encourage you to read all of Romans chapter 7. But when Romans chapter 7 and verse number 17, he says, Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Paul makes a very distinct, uh, uh, a distinction. He, makes, he, he bifurcates the idea of where sin is. Sin, he, says, he says, it's no longer I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Well, what is the difference between I and me? If it's in you and you are I and I is you and you are me and I, you and me are you, then what is the issue here? Paul's talking about flesh versus spirit. You see it? He goes on and says, look. Verse 18. For I know that in me that is in my what? Flesh. Dwelleth no good thing. 
For to will, wait a minute, to will, that's intent. Lord have mercy, help us, Jesus. My intent is to do right. I want to do right. Look, when I go, Lord have mercy, if God blesses us to get to that point. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Where we're strong enough to be able to be like Paul. And I don't think we're like Paul yet, but we're striving. Because Paul says, the time of my departure is at hand and I'm now ready to be offered. I'm ready to say those words. <laughs> Lord, give me some more time. I'm still working on some stuff. You know, I'm still working on some stuff. You see, I'm still, see, in my mind, I still want to cut folk when they step to me. I still got to work on that. See? <laughs> you know. Sometimes I get that flinch, and my, you know, I, you know, back in the day, you know, I'm still working on the flinch, you know. I'm, oh, wait, wait a minute, that ain't wait, that ain't me no more. Ain't nothing back there no more, you know. But it used to be, you know. I'm used to that, you know. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, but that's all right. Used to be back in the day when, when the flesh was there, right? And you want to do that. And, somebody, and, and don't talk about my mama because, see, before you get, I, I know where you're going. So, I, you know, you, you know, it's, it's you, know, you know, that flash, you know. But the, the spirit's into this, you know, I'm just going to let him say it. I'm just going to let him say it. But, but before I, you know, that flash has a law of its own, Right? But I want to get to the point where, where my spirit says, oh, you, oh, you're about to talk about my mom. That's all right, because you don't know my mama. You see what I'm saying? You can say whatever you want, but you don't know my mama, right? You don't know the woman who birthed me, who brought me into this world, who, who, who kissed my sores and, 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 and put ice on my head when I, put, when I had a knot on it, and, 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 and the one that cradled me in her arms, suckled me in her breath. You don't know nothing about my mom. You can say what you want. See, I, I have to get to that point. But see, back in the day, that wasn't in our spirit. In my spirit was which left or right am I going to throw first? And it became second nature because, see, I didn't even have to think about it. Just the fact that I thought you were about to say mama, you know, triggered me. <laughs> but Paul says, in me dwelleth no good thing. He says, now, if I do that, I would not. It is not more that I do that, that uh, do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law. See, law has power. The perfect law of liberty, James calls the word of God because it has power. And the perfect law of liberty has power because it sets us free. And when it sets us free, it sets us free from the things that constrain us because of the flesh. That spirit is now endued with the word of God. And so by the law of God, the perfect law of liberty, the law of God's word has power. And it has power to overcome the weaknesses of the flesh. So the spirit maketh testimony with our spirit. 
You see, when our spirit is desiring to know the word of God so that it can show itself acceptable unto God to bring this body and to present it, if you will, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. When our spirit is working and allowing the word of God to shape and to mold it, when our spirit is doing that, it will come up short sometimes. I know that because 1 John chapter 1 helps us to understand that it will come up short sometimes. That's why repentance is necessary. But let me share something with you. When you're dealing with that issue, God says, look, I know what the intent in the purpose of your heart is. You see? I know what the intended purpose of your heart is. I know what your actions turned out to be. You're still working on that. I get it. But I know you want to do good. I know your spirit wants to do good. You haven't obtained perfection, but I see you working on it. Oh, don't look at me like that because I'll take you back to Peter and Paul, both who were followers of Christ, Stay with me. Both apostles, right? Galatians remind us that when Peter was was hanging around with with, with our Jewish brethren, he would ignore and separate himself, amen, from the Gentiles. Wait a minute. Peter, an apostle, amen. A shepherd leader. Amen. Miraculously endowed with the Holy Spirit of God. But yet he was still dealing with the distinction that he was making between humanity. All are the same at the foot of the cross. But he was still wrestling with it. And that's how I know this idea of the miraculous indwelling of the Holy Spirit that we still try to conform to in this time, and it's not even possible. But even with that, even during the time of the miraculous, the miraculous nature of the Holy Spirit never changed anyone's free will to act in sin. Never did. So coming through the water grave of baptism in the, in the, in the, in the non-miraculous way, But by faith, he dwells in us. That's not going to keep you from making decisions that are contrary to the word of God. It's about becoming more and more informed by the word of God, in tuned with the word of God, receiving the word of God and letting it shape and mold you so that your mind begins to the the you're changing the the the. uh, uh, the, the response that your flesh would have and you're converting it and, 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 and conforming it to the response that the spirit should have. You see, I don't hate you because you may talk about me. I don't hate you because you may scandalize my name. I don't, I don't hate you because you may try to defame me. Because if, when, when I'm in the spirit and, and I'm walking in the spirit and not in the flesh, amen, I am striving to love you even more. You see? And the spirit says, love covers a multitude of sins. You see, when humanity can get to the place where they know that the strength of love is to overcome all the weaknesses of the flesh, then we can come together. And we can be the children of God that God would have us to be. Are y'all with me? 
And so when I, when, when, when I, when I am, when as a child of God, as I, as a newborn babe striving to, 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 to grow in, in, by the sincere milk of the word of God, that I may become matured by reason of exercise in Hebrews chapter 5, the word of God in my life so that I can do which, that which is good and not that which is evil. When I am growing, when I am in contact with those who are, who are, who are not yet growing or those who are still at a point where they're growing beyond whatever issue they're dealing with, I need to keep that in mind. Not everybody is where I am. And I'm not where everybody else may be. Amen. But I am where I am. And as long as where I am is focused on being better because of the word of God, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. I'm not going to put all that pressure on me to try to be, if you, to, to try to imagine and to delude myself that I'm perfect because I'm not perfect. But I know what perfection looks like. And I know what I'm striving to be. Are y'all with me? You see, we, we, Lord have mercy. We're going to put ourselves in what we used to call the, the, the mental war, trying to, trying to think that we're perfect and we're not. We're striving for perfection. Recognizing that we do still have to deal with the laws of our flesh. But we do it because we know what the word of God teaches and the word of God teaches that we can overcome the weaknesses of our flesh. Back in Romans chapter 7, Paul helps us understand. He says in verse number 17, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. It's present with me. But how to perform. How to perform. You see the act? How to perform. That which is good, I find not. The challenge of the flesh and the spirit. Verse number 19. For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Why? Because that flesh is still challenging me. Verse number 21. I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. And he already said that that with me means in my flesh. And so when I want to do good, what is it I want to do good? My intent is to do good. But evil is always present with me. Why is that? Because, see, I'm still dealing with the issues of my flesh. Are y'all with me? Because the struggle is to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It's not going to happen by happenstance. It takes effort, intentional effort. To change who we used to be to what God desires us to be. Are y'all with me? And Paul says, look, as we stand before the judgment bar of God, God knows all that is in our life. There's nothing hidden from the Lord. That idea of standing before the judgment bar of God is already a forewritten conclusion that if you live a righteous life, then heaven can be your home. If you chose not to live a righteous life, then you have a challenge before you. And that is whether or not God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy. Thank God that we're not each other's judge. Because if we're each other's judges, I don't think any of us would make it. I think some of us are so crazy, we probably judge our own selves in the hell. I mean, wait. We need to think about that. Paul says in verse number 21, for I find in the law. When I would do good, evil is present with me. It's in my flesh. 
Verse number 22. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Remember, James says, what is the law? The perfect law of liberty. I delight in the law after the inward man. What is the inward man? That spiritual man. Lord have mercy. The spiritual man delights after the word of God. You remember what, what, what Psalm 1 says? Oh, look, look, look. When, when David is dealing with the issues and the challenges of being, uh, of, of first of all, running from Solomon, but eventually uh, to be king. As a poet does, and, and, and those who write songs are uh, a type of poet. And so as David does, he says, you know, when he says, blessed is the man. He said, blessed is the man that, that, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Wait a minute. The ungodly has a counsel? Oh, sure it does. The ungodly counsels our flesh. But blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. You see? His delight is in the law of the Lord. That spiritual man. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And therein does he meditate. Day and night. You see that? The, the law of the Lord is not something that you should squander away. The law of the Lord is meant to strengthen you, to overcome the weaknesses of your flesh, your biases, your jealousies, your envies, your hatred. It's to overcome those things. In the law of the Lord, you meditate day and night. And you should be as a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in its season. Let me tell you something. When you are studying the word of God, you see who you are, unless you're lying to yourself. You see who you are. Paul said, I withstood Peter because he stood to be blamed. Paul said, I, Peter, under, he had to see who he was. And look, Peter backed down because he understood who, what he had been shown. He had a bias. And some people say, oh, that's racism. I don't care what new term you want to put on it. Same thing. Get a bias. And a hatred for another culture. At least he seemed to have a disrespect and place one culture below another. And so I don't, want, I don't care what you call it. You know? Even to this day, we have, new, we have new phraseology to make everybody feel good. We have initiatives about diversity, equity, inclusion, and access. You're racist. And we got to try to figure out how to keep you to stop you from being racist. Diversity. Lord have mercy. I wish I had time, but I don't. I don't need anybody's help to be diverse. You know why? Because when we're born into this world, we're born diverse. That means different. Amen. Amen. And contrary to what folk want to say, they all look alike. We don't. Amen. I'm just trying to help us. We're diverse in many different ways. And we don't need anybody's help for that. Right? 
Inclusion. How do I include others into my life? How do you include others into your life? How do you, how do inclusion? Well, look, look, when you're born into this world, you are automatically included into humanity irrespective of what everybody else thinks. I don't need no help being included. Right? I don't need no help being included. But here's some places where we can get some access. Here's some places where we can get fairness, equity. Right? These two things need some help. Right? Because, see, if I have a bias, I'm going to go sit with the homies over here, but I'm going to ignore you over there. Well, why can't I get access? You see? Paul came to Peter and said, you need some help with access. Because the Gentiles are not sinners as us. Nor are we sinners of the Gentiles. We're all sinners of God. That's why all of us are saying, at the foot of the cross, there is no little eyes and big U's. Is your name written in the book? And I don't care how much money you had. I don't care how broke you were. I don't care how healthy you thought you died or how sick you were when you passed away. Is your name written in the book? You see, access. God says we can all have access because through the word of God, we're added to the body of Christ. When we obey it. So we all need help with access. And then we would talk about equity or fairness. Right? God says he treats all of us the same. He has no respect of person. Amen. Amen. Oh, some of us going to be saved. And see, see, the world gets all this pressure on you. You know, some of us going to be saved and some of us not going to be saved. Only, only the, only the 44,000 misread revelations. Only certain people going to be saved. That's not how that reads. I don't care what tribe you may have come from. When John looked under the altar, he said he saw an innumerable number. Amen. And the only thing that they, the, the, the things rather, that they had in common, the things that they had in common, he said they were arrayed in white. That was one of them. And the other was they've come out of much trial and tribulation. Amen. The other, they've washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. One was rich and the other was poor. One was darker than the other. And the other was in there, but not the other one, not quite in there. And the other, God ain't concerned about that. Is your name written in the book? And if your name is going to be written in the book, it ain't going to be about how much money you have or how much, how much health you had and, and who knew you and who didn't know you and, and whether or not you were streaming online and whether or not you were, uh, 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 what do they call it, a... a, a uh, 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 innovator or, or, or mover or, or someone who can get more ads on the line behind somebody. God ain't concerned about any of that mess. It's not what he's concerned about. Is your name written in the book? Can the Holy Spirit witness and make testimony with your spirit that you are That's all God's concerned about. Because there's going to be rich people, there'll be poor people. Amen. But is your name written in the book? 
can the Holy Spirit says, I know that you saw the acts that he and she committed and, and, and they were short of your word. But God, I know their heart as you have given me to know their heart. I know the thoughts and the intent of their heart. They wanted to do right. And they were still striving to overcome the weaknesses of their flesh. You see, when the spirit goes before God and makes testimony with our spirit, he's making testimony about our intent. Our intent. Because our actions can fall short. But God knows our intent. You see, if your intent is to do wickedness and you commit wickedness, you're going to be in trouble. But if my intent is to do good, but yet my actions still fall short because my flesh is still stronger, I still got a chance. Because when my intent doesn't overcome my flesh, Romans chapter 5 says, grace covers the gap. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can those of you who have been made dead to sin, water every baptism, continue any longer therein? But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Because in my intent of my spiritual heart, I want to do right. But I'm still struggling with my flesh. And God says, I understand. I understand. Let me tell you something. I'm, when, 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 when it, it, just visual, visualize this for a moment. And I say visualize it for a moment because it's really, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's just an illustration to get us to understand the significance of living righteous lives before God. There is no real idea of the judgment bar. It is put there for us to get it for an illustration. The Bible says we should not all sleep. We should all be changed. First Corinthians chapter 15 in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. So don't think there's going to be some big long line with 300 million people X plus standing in line waiting to be judged. It's an illustration. But if you can imagine that and visualize that for a moment. That you're standing before the judgment bar of God. And God's getting ready to judge you. The last thing I'm going to do is put one of y'all down as a reference. I'm just trying to hope it's here. I love you, but I, I need somebody who can make some things happen. You follow what I'm saying? And, look, and I'll tell you right now, don't be calling on the preacher either. Well, wait a minute, Lord. Let, let, let me get my preacher. Let me, don't worry about it. He, he in line too. You follow what I'm saying? Well, what you should be saying is, Spirit! Can you make a testimony on my behalf? Lord, have mercy. If I call anybody, I'm going to say, Lord, I call the Holy Spirit to the sin. (laughs) Because I know when I fell short, the Spirit knew my heart. And he knows what the intent of my heart is. Are y'all with me this morning now? That's why I need the testimony of the Holy Spirit. I need the witness of the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm calling to the stand. Holy Spirit, can you make, can you, and the Spirit might say, well, Anthony, see, I tried to get you right while you were down there, but you just wicked. So you ain't going to make it. <laughs> right? But no, I don't want that to be said. I, 
I want the spirit to say, yeah, I'll make our witness on your behalf. I'll witness on your behalf because I know what you were struggling with. Amen. I know what you were, I know what you were going through. I know where you came from. I know what trials and tribulations affected your life. And I know that we are all affected by life, but all of us are affected differently by life. I don't know where your starting point was. I don't know what issues impacted your life. I do know that whatever it was, the spirit knows it. And so if somebody's going to give a testimony, if somebody's going to be a witness for me at the judgment seat of God, I want it to be the spirit of God. Because he knows the intent of my heart. He knows what I was striving to do and what I needed to do. And he knows I've made every effort to become what God wants me to be. And so he can make testimony for me. You probably see something here. That maybe those of you who are so studious have already picked up on the pattern and the pathway here. Because, see, the Holy Spirit is a witness. Are y'all with me? I think we can say amen to the truth. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is a witness and makes testimony with our spirit. We read that. But there's only one advocate. The spirit can witness. But is Jesus your advocate? Is he your mediator? Because see, there's only one mediator between God and man. Amen. You see, boy, this is getting good. I, I, I got to close, but let me tell you something. If I'm calling the spirit as a witness to make testimony on my behalf, I want Jesus as my lawyer. Are you with me? I want Jesus as my lawyer at the judgment seat. You follow what I'm saying? The spirit can witness. And as the, as the one who is being, being judged, I have the, 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 the right to say, uh, I want a witness. And, 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 and as much as I love you all, I want the Holy Spirit to witness for me. But I'm whispering in the ear of Jesus. Je Jesus called call, call the Holy Spirit. And Jesus reaches back, Jesus leans back over to me. You didn't see him in the back room? Jesus said, that's the only thing that will get you up in here. <laughs> he in the back room. Ready to make testimony about your life. Because he is the one that judges the thoughts and the intents of a heart. Let me close. When you go to 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll pick up more of this next time, but I'm, I, I got to close here. When you go to 1 Peter chapter 2, I want you to see something here. The Bible helps us to understand that, 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 that as, as, as the spiritual people of God, We, we, we must understand that the challenges of being human are the things that cause us to stumble and fall. 
And we will stumble and fall, but, but, but don't stay down. Even when we, before we obey the gospel, we, we are, when you, before you obey the gospel, you are below God. Before you be, obey the gospel, you're already below God. When you obey the gospel, you take a step up. But you're still below God. You follow what I'm saying? Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2, and, and, and I'm going to start at verse number 20. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, judged, accused, amen, sentenced for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? Well, you probably should because you did it. But if when you do well, this is where the struggle is. This is where the challenge is. If when you do well and suffer for doing, let me tell you something. If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. You see, when you're struggling as a Christian, when you're challenged and suffering as a Christian, don't, don't, don't take it with, as a badge of honor. You see, because you're striving to do what's right. You want to do what's right. But you may fall sometimes, but you want to do what's right. And you're suffering with that struggle of the flesh and the spirit, for they are enmity one with the other. But he says, look, when you suffer and you, and you take it patiently, that is acceptable with God. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Notice something here. When you're presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. But it means you're striving to do what's right. Because no one's perfect. Save Jesus. But it's acceptable to God. How so? Because your spirit is striving to do what's right. Are y'all with me? I'm closing here. And so he says, look, verse number 21. For even here unto were ye called, wait a minute, were ye called? Wait a minute, we were called into this? You mean to tell me that the ecclesia, the called out ones, the church that's called by the gospel are called to suffering? Lord have mercy. When you're in the world and you're living like the world and everything seems to be, you know, wonderful and glorious, you're in the world and you're dying in the world and you don't have any struggles, it's not until you try to do right that the struggles start creeping in. Because now you're fighting against the flesh. The flesh said, wait a minute, I thought we were homies. I thought we were here. But now you're trying to act like you're doing something, you're doing something different. You, you, you know, you, you're acting all new. The spirit wants to change. And so now suffering kicks in. Because now you got to fight with that flesh every day. You know, you got to stop the flinching. You got to suffer with that flesh every day. Because you're overcoming it. You're overcoming it. And, and the devil's mad. And the more that you try to do what's right, the more stuff that happens. Because the devil's trying to break your spirit down. But God says, look, for even here unto where you call, because Christ also suffered. For us, 
leading us an example that ye should follow in his steps. So when you're suffering, just remember Jesus suffered. You're suffering for your own sin. Jesus suffered for our sin. He had no sin. But he suffered for the sin of the whole world. But yet, he was without sin. And he overcame it. He suffered for the sin of the whole world and overcame it. Can we not for one moment suffer for our own sin? And overcome it? Verse number 22. Who did no sin? Neither was any guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. You see, don't recompense evil for evil. Recompense evil with good. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Lord have mercy. You see, because he recognizes the weaknesses of humanity in the flesh. And so he did not take judgment upon himself. He left that to God. And maybe that's why God says, pray for them who curse you. Pray for them who despitefully use you. Pray for them who say all manner of evil things about you. For vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I shall recompense when I come. So we, we, we get to the point where our spiritual side says, let the Lord handle it. Let the Lord handle it. I'm going to keep pressing forward. Toward the high mark, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to keep pressing so that the spirit can have a good testimony and a witness about my life. Let me close. Verse 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. But by whose stripes ye were healed for ye were, ye were, not all. But ye were at one time as sheep going astray. But now, but are now, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. When we obey the gospel, our flesh is in trouble. Because now we know that God has given us the power of the word of God to change our lives. And when you obey the gospel, God says, you are now my sons. You are now my daughters. You can now call me Abba Father. And when you call on me, ask and you shall receive. Seek, ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. I've given you power to overcome the flesh. And the spirit can make testimony about the wonderfulness of your life's journey. And there's nothing hidden from God. And so as you struggle, I would take the advice of Paul. Struggle on. Fight the fight. Finish the course. Keep the faith. Henceforth, there's a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give you in that day. And not only unto him, Paul says, but unto you, unto all those who love his appearing. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a reward of those that diligently seek him. Matthew 6 and 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. 
confessing Jesus Christ to be the Son of God, we have to recognize that as we repent of our sins, Luke 13, 3 and 5, I tell you nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Acts 17 and 30, God commanded every man everywhere to repent. As we do that, we're looking at confessing Christ in our lives by, by what we do. And, it's, and it's, it's a process. It's a development and evolution. It's a transformation that takes place. And I'm letting the Lord judge me because I'm not, I'm not looking to the world to give me flowers. I'm looking to God to judge me according to his righteousness. And he is a righteous judge. I got the Holy Spirit as my witness. I have Christ as my mediator. And if I can hold on to the both of them, I'm in there. Amen. Heaven can be my home. So we confess Jesus Christ to be the son of God. We go down in that water grave of baptism where the blood of Christ cleanses us from all of our past sins so that we may, that new man may arise to walk in the newness of life, having mortified and put to death that old man, that flesh, the sin that's in you, which is in your flesh. God is able through the operation of the Holy Spirit, and that's what baptism is. It is the operation of God. For one by... For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. It is the operation of God. It's not, it's not of man. It is the operation of God. God knows how to begin to separate the old man from the new man. Why don't you come? Let the Holy Spirit become your witness so that he may give a testimony concerning your life in the time when it's necessary, because that time will come where we all must stand before the judgment bar of God, give an account of the things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Let the Spirit be able to give good testimony about you. Why don't you stand? Why don't you come? As we sing the invitational song, why don't you come? 903. 
Amen.